Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. So let me set the scene for the text today. Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded. The sense of loss was great. From the beginning, they were very close. When they were both in their mother's womb, John leapt for joy at their meeting. From that moment and throughout his entire life, John testified that Jesus was the Messiah, the Anointed One. Jesus said of John he was more than a prophet. He was the one who the prophet Isaiah said would be a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for him. Now he was gone. Yet Jesus' concern is not for his own loss, but for his disciples. They have returned from their field trip, filled with conflicting emotions. Elation as they told him all they had done and taught in his name. Sorrow as they brought the news of John. Yes, persecution was real, but the greater challenge was their fleshly pride. They delighted in the fact that demons were subject to them, instead of rejoicing that they would have eternity with him. Fame and power can easily become the controlling force. Jesus invites them to come aside by themselves to a deserted place with him and rest a while. The good shepherd leads them beside the still waters, a place to be alone with him, a time of rest and refreshing. Jesus lived and breathed out of that place. We read through the Gospels, he continually engaged with his Father in heaven and often he would withdraw to be alone with him. Jesus knew his disciples needed to be led to that place, a place of oneness with him in rest and surrender. For out of intimacy with him comes intimacy with God the Father. From that relationship that they have with Jesus, they will live in a spiritual, physical, mental and emotional rest. They didn't fully understand. But to be alone with him would indeed be special. A time to receive and enjoy the fruits of labour with the one who has set them apart and said, follow me. They had no time to eat. So together they departed to a deserted place. It was supposed to be a time of intimacy. Yet Jesus' fame had grown. The crowds watched his every move. Word got around that he was near. 
So they ran from the cities. They ran from everywhere to arrive ahead of them at that deserted place. Their excitement was intense. Expectations were high. What would Jesus do? Turn with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 6, verse 34 to 46. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about five thousand men. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. In the midst of his grief, hunger and longing for intimacy with God his Father, Jesus saw the great multitude and was moved with compassion for them. The good shepherds saw they were lost. They were without direction and totally defenceless against false teaching, wrong perceptions and unbelief. As the good shepherd, Jesus' only concern was to care for them, empower them and deliver them to bring the reality of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. For this is the will of the Father. The disciples advised Jesus to send the people away so they can go into the country and villages to buy bread for themselves. We don't know from the text the level of care or concern the disciples had for the multitude. It is interesting, however, that they were telling Jesus what to do. They are yet to minister from that continual place of rest and total surrender. Rest in who God is and who they are in him. Total surrender of selfish desires, including power, 
fame and self-glory. Yet to receive the full revelation of who Jesus is and be transformed by that reality. Jesus' response, however, was nothing short of extraordinary. He said, you give them something to eat. What is it that the disciples have that could possibly feed this multitude? They cannot imagine how the Lord's words would be fulfilled. How could they possibly feed them? They are confused. Jesus, their good shepherd, leads them. He asks, how many loaves do you have? What a contrast between Jesus and the disciples. So contradictory. Jesus has compassion on the multitude. He sees their need and knows what they possess. He cares about them. What a contrast between Jesus and the disciples. So contradictory. Jesus has compassion on the multitude. He sees their need and knows what they possess. He cares for them. The disciple's solution is complete absolving of responsibility. It is simply to send them away so that they will buy their own food. More importantly, the disciples are blinded to the ability of Jesus and what the people and themselves already have. They were totally focused on what they didn't have instead of what they had. The disciples were still in training. And yes, it's a daily process. And thank God for his amazing grace. We too are a daily work in progress. They are yet to be transformed and become one with their master. But that will come as they journey with him. For Jesus is the great empowerer. He tells them, go and see. See through God's eyes the possibility of present circumstances. To the disciples, the circumstances appear to govern the situation. Yet to the Son of God, they are opportunities to reveal God's glory. They failed to realize the one who they were following was greater. He is with them. It is both their responsibility and incredible privilege to be part of his oneness. They are, after all, his disciples. Jesus asked, how many loaves do you have? We learn from John's account that a boy had five loaves and two small fish. Andrew said, but what are they among so many? In the hands of God, they are more than enough. Mark chapter 6, verse 41. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them, and the two fish he divided among them all. All eyes were on Jesus. That's a good start for any miracle. It was him they had come to hear. They knew he healed the sick. They were about to experience and testify that the kingdom of heaven had come down on earth in Jesus. 
What did Jesus do? The first thing that Jesus did was look up to heaven. Turn his eyes off the situation and look to God the Father in heaven. Oh, that we too can turn our eyes off the situation. Disconnect or disempower the circumstances around us and turn our eyes on to Jesus and our Father in heaven. The second thing that Jesus did was he blessed the offering. Jesus blessed what they had. What was given and surrendered to him was blessed by him. The boy gave his own food that was prepared just for him, his very best. And Jesus honoured the offering and looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves. He divided it up and gave to his disciples, who in turn gave it all to the multitude. As the Apostle John put it, they distributed as much as the multitude wanted, so they all ate and were filled. All ate, no exclusions. From the youngest to the oldest, male and female, all were satisfied. We don't know how many were fed that day, as the Jewish custom was to count only the men. Matthew's account shows us there were women and children additional to the 5,000 men. What we do know is that all were fed and all were satisfied. Not only was the need met by Jesus to complete satisfaction, but there was an overflow, there was leftovers. Twelve baskets full, one for each disciple. Everyone was empowered to be part of the miracle. Jesus had compassion for them, teaches them, organises them, advocates for them and feeds them. When Jesus walked the earth as a man, he lived and breathed out of intimacy with God the Father. He ministered out of that place. The Son and the Father are indeed one. In Jesus, heaven and earth become one. On earth, he looked up to heaven, blessed the sacrifice, and God provided the increase. All were satisfied. Only Jesus truly satisfies and supplies to overflowing. This is an expression of God's great unconditional love generous and sacrificial heart. He had compassion on them, so he gave to them. He gave everything of himself. The boy, out of a transformed heart, gave what he could. The disciples surrendered it back to Jesus and gave out what Jesus had blessed. It is Jesus who performed the miracle. His disciples, the boy and the multitude, were empowered to be part of his wonders so that they could believe and receive.
Imagine the excitement as the small amount of offering was supernaturally multiplied. The power of God freely flowing and ministering. It would be a day that they would never forget. One by one, thousands upon thousands received and were filled. All from such small beginnings of five loaves and two fish. When we put into Jesus' hands what we have, it is blessed, made pure, and multiplied by him. In surrender comes much fruit, for such is his kingdom, his power, and his glory. What did Jesus do after such a triumph? Let us read again Mark chapter 6, verse 45 to 46. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. He remembered the need for his disciples to rest and for him to be alone with God the Father. He demonstrated what his disciples would also need. In the midst of his fame and success, he goes alone to the mountain to pray. Engage with the Father intimately and personally. Let us come to a deserted place and rest a while with Jesus. To live and breathe out of that place of intimacy with him. To continually engage with our Father in heaven. Become intentional to withdraw and be alone with him. To each day take a moment of surrender. To surrender the day's successes and the failures. To receive his refreshing. Acknowledge his presence, his power, his generosity, and his unending love. Ask him for a hungry heart to receive a greater revelation of his love, truth, and power. Let him breathe his spirit deep within and ignite the flame to open our eyes to see with a heavenly vision that we may see the potential and not the lack. Let him break our hearts for what breaks his. By his spirit, in his name, through his compassion for the lost, hungry and alone, be empowered to empower others. That we, all his disciples, the body of Christ all over the world, may know and live in the reality of his kingdom on earth, where each one is equal and part of his wonders. This is the heart of our Father, this is the work of the Holy Spirit, all made possible through Jesus, so that the world may know him. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your power and your glory forever and ever. Amen. For more information and free resources, visit our website jesuslovestheworld.info 
Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.